0: Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith. Hello. He's the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. And let's uh, start part two of our conversation with the right reverend. Calvin Lindstrom. Uh, Very right, Reverend. (laughs) Have the chickens
1: come home to roost yet? (laughs) In
0: case you don't know, Calvin Lindstrom is the pastor of the Church of Christian Liberty and Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. He's also on the board of Illinois Family Action. And we talked a little bit uh, about the whole situation with our public school system and the need for more Christian education programs, and even homeschooling, and we just, I think, just rub the surface. Okay. And we need to go maybe a little deeper. Calvin, you would encourage, obviously, as the pastor of Christian Liberty Academy, for parents to get their kids into a good Christian school. Indeed. But there aren't that many out there. Uh, I talked to a gal here not a, a while back, and she was telling me, "Yeah, we all a lot of parents want to get their kids out of the government public school system, but there's nowhere to put them."
2: Yeah, I, I, depending on where depending on where you live. Now we 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 draw at one time I think it was 70 suburbs. Uh, kids came from our school from 70 different no suburbs at wow. one time. So. The Chicagoland area, is it is a big area, and obviously there are logistics. Uh, we're close to a train line. If you're uh, on the Metra, I think it's the Northwestern uh, train line that goes up to McHenry, uh, Harvard area. So we're, we're on that train line from Chicago, uh, the spoke that goes out that way. So uh, th- there is a problem in some cases, depending on, on where you live. And this is where, over the years, we, I, I don't know how many different uh, Christian schools we've probably helped incubate through our homeschool program. No kidding. Uh, And at one time, that was a a very popular option, I think less so so today. But but what it means is maybe one person uh, takes charge of, let's say it's 20 students, and they're gonna have to make sure they get the curriculum, but we work with them on that. And that person, probably with, I would say, a couple moms, uh, dedicated moms, can start a small school that is very low cost, um, that, can still provide a good academic basis, uh, provide the testing that's needed, et cetera, et cetera. As I say, uh, we have a Christian school in Uganda that partners with us. And I think they maybe have over 100 students. And if they can do that in Uganda,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: that can be done in Chicago. It, it right. takes someone with with vision and uh, the entrepreneurial uh, uh, calling and vision to do it. And so uh, we don't dictate all, all the details, but we can help provide, uh, you know, some of those resources, especially when school is just getting started, and uh, I went, in the '90s, I, I traveled to Zambia, and uh, there was an entrepreneurial gentleman who wanted to start a Christian school. He did it, and uh, I think at that time he was using some of the ACE curriculum, which has advantages and disadvantages. I'll just say that um, I'm, I'm biased uh, in one way, yeah. and um, they started using some of our books and materials. They thought it was going to be a better fit. So this is this is. Not uh, rich places, (laughs) these are people who have a vision and a calling from the Lord. So I think some of it, there is a financial aspect, no doubt, that has to be considered. Jesus says, you know, if you're going to go out to battle, you got to plan. If you're going to build the tower, you got to plan. So you can't do it in a haphazard way. But a Christian school, depending on how you want to run it, can be extremely expensive, prohibitively expensive. But if you do it in terms of we need to get our children out of the government schools, how can we do it? It can be done at a simpler level. Maybe it's gonna meet in a church basement. You know, our, our Christian school started in 1968. We did not have a plush facility. We had a basement of an old farmhouse. We had some trailers. We had uh, the sanctuary building, at which we turned into classrooms. So, now, could you do that today? Sadly, most parents would, would probably say, oh, that's not good enough for my child. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Things have changed, uh, not always for the better <laughs> in that sense of, you know what, hey, we're in a battle. We got to do what we can to get our kids out. It may not be the nicest facility, uh, but we're worried about the soul, uh, not uh, you know, the padding of the carpet. Well, I've been to Christian <laughs>
0: Liberty Academy, and it's a nice facility. You've it, got you know, a gym there for the kids. and. I'm just overwhelmed by the artwork that I've seen there from the students. We're we're
2: blessed with some fantastic uh, staff who believe this is part of a a calling uh, to help train students, really. uh, We've had, had, we face our challenges. The Lord has, by his grace, allowed us to to continue, so.
0: You're not just teaching theology eight hours a day. You're teaching a wide variety of subjects. Go into that.
2: Uh, You know, we're blessed to have uh, some fantastic teachers in the classroom and let's say outside of the classroom in terms of art though you know it is a subject but you know a, a little different subject in terms of how it's instructed and then the drama program really has has taken off the last couple of years and you think about what's going on if you wanted your child to be in drama in mm-hmm. the government school system might they do some just horrific uh, x-rated play basically you mean, you mean like the, the, Laramie school, project the Laramie or project or, or some, <laughs> some of the other things you know Laurie's written about this sure how about your child can be in Fiddler on the Roof, or we did uh, Pilgrim's Progress. Nice. Uh, you know, things that are, are worthwhile, and uh, a lot of schools did Newsies. Any we did Shakespeare? A, uh, we, we've done Shakespeare. No kidding. Um, you know, it varies year to year, but The Man are, for
0: All Seasons?
2: I think this year it's going to be Fiddler on the Roof uh, in, nice. in the spring. Yeah. So, you know, opportunities for kids to, tough. Uh, to be engaged <laughs> in, in things that can uh, supplement their education. Uh, so as I say, a small school doesn't have to mean there's no options and uh, leadership uh, opportunities for, for you know kids to, to be working with some of the younger students in a mentoring type uh, program or to be part of our so, student chapel. There, there's good opportunities for, for leadership and growth also.
1: So to put you on the spot, what are the proficiency rates, test scores coming out from 8th grade and 12th grade in Christian Liberty Academy compared to that of... Uh, of, the, of our government schools
2: you know uh, generally every year we we exceed the average now sadly I want to say that sadly it doesn't take that much to beat the average <laughs> uh, no, I mean I, I don't I don't say that in a condemning way but it is well it's,
1: it's indicative of what our government schools are producing
2: right uh, so right? yeah not not uh, our, our school is is focused on preparing kids to serve the Lord yes and and so we we don't just take the most elite students right Um, right some schools you know they they're only going to take the quote cream of the crop we we want to take kids that are willing to study they're willing to follow the rules and hopefully work hard and and so we we can't promise we're going to turn everybody into uh,
1: so so a work ethic is important Oh, without your training,
2: exactly so but but last year was one of our best years in terms of act average i think our average act score was about 26. nice which is it is an excellent we had some fantastic students who helped to boost that average but it was it was a good year uh, for for our students and
1: anecdotally I hear you know professors in, in various colleges and community colleges say that their their students often have to take remedial classes just right. to get up to college yeah. level and that was supposed to be done in high school or exactly. you know, before so and the
0: kids who graduate from your school will, Will be able to read at least an eighth-grade proficiency. I,
2: I think so. <laughs> they, they better be, otherwise, <laughs> yeah. they're not going to—they're not going to make it. No, it's uh, education can become an idol where we prize the ACT score. Correct. Right. That's right. that—that's not a good thing. Uh, we don't want to though just elevate mediocrity. So, um, right. it, it's the service. You want for to the equip Lord. them exactly.
1: Uh, right. I'm sure there are parents who come maybe in sixth grade or, or somewhere be beyond that. They, they have their kids in government school. They become alarmed. Oh, my goodness, what they're teaching or what they're experiencing. Let me get them into a good private Christian school. Uh, what are you seeing about the kids and the baggage they're coming in with like that? I mean, anecdotally.
2: You know, uh, biblically, that's where we, where we see just a, a lack of just some of that Bible knowledge um, that you would expect a child let's say by this time they're in seventh grade to have mm. it, it is a challenge um i i know when our students go off to college and they know all the books of the bible that there are professors who are like wow you, you know all the books of the bible and, and we've had these are anecdotal stories of at christian colleges where they were like the only child in the or the only student in the class that knew the books of the bible because they had to learn them they had to be able to spell them correctly i mean at some level. These Spelling? Are, these are, oh,
1: you got me there. <laughs> These are basic,
2: what we would say are fairly basic things. So yeah. for some students, uh, they are. it shouldn't keep them from coming. Hopefully... Um, it now we're talking 66 some, some books of the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> you, you talked about some of the kids who come in, and they really don't have the basics of the foundation of the faith. Uh, it, it
2: is. Uh, it, and the, there are other you know sometimes just the the academic the educational background is is not what it what it should be so you know we, we do our best we can't um you know education there are, there are no shortcuts in education however kids that are committed and and want to work they can make good improvements so you know we we've seen countless examples of, of kids you know what they they want to become serious they want to become focused and you know with with sound basic education the Uh, The partnership of parents and hopefully their local church can make a can make a big difference, even for kids that are behind academically.
0: You know, it it is a big expense. Um, My wife and I put our two daughters through Christian education during the grade school level, well, preschool on up, and it was a thousand bucks a month. And this was, you know, fifteen years ago or so. But we decided well we won't have a real big house that's right We uh, made, made tough
2: choices to make a better choice
0: and we're not going to be driving a bmw <laughs> you right, know right. so you have to make some you have to prioritize yeah
2: it, it is and uh yeah. there uh, we there is a difference that we we do see um in in some of the even the parents that that are part of our school from let's say 20 30 years ago um and, and I'm not trying to demean anybody, but th- there is um, not all the parents have the same worldview that maybe we see that we saw before. Now, by God's grace, you know what we're we, we are seeing thankfully is more alumni sending their kids to the school, and that's been of encouragement. Is wow. these are kids, well, th- and who that's were a blessed. testimony. That's a right. testimony. Who Absolutely. To, to be part of our school and now are are sending their children that is that has been an encouragement. Um, in in the last couple of years we've we've seen more of that, which has been uh, that has been a good thing.
0: Okay, before we take a break, how can people connect with Christian Liberty Academy?
2: A good starting point would be uh, our website christianliberty.com, christianliberty.com. If they want to call a phone number eight four seven three five nine But uh, ChristianLiberty.com can be a good starting portal to see all of our different aspects of education that we offer.
0: All right, this is Illinois Family Spotlight. Our conversation with the right Reverend Calvin Lindstrom will continue after this.
2: This is Owen Strand for townhall.com. Those who call for personal change, like Christian ministers, are now being told they need to change. In California, the State Senate continues to push a resolution that condemns religious leaders and counselors who teach the historic positions of their respective faiths. Such teaching, we're told, is harmful toward those drawn to alternative lifestyles, including those different views on sex and gender. But the call to personal transformation is found at the very root of Christian theology, and Christianity is not alone in promoting the idea that people are flawed and in need of personal transformation. America has long recognized the value of such perspectives, but today First Amendment protected religious liberty is under fire. Ironically, those who encourage others to change spiritually are now being told they need to change. People are free to disagree with the message of the minister. They ought not to silence that minister. I'm Owen Strand.
0: Thanks once again for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith, the Yellow. Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action. We are joined by a board member of Illinois Family Action. He's also the pastor of the Church of Christian Liberty and Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. His name is Calvin Lindstrom. Uh, Calvin, a lot going on uh, in pop culture right now some leaders that's right would you say Dave
1: yeah some high profile Christians have fallen away from the faith quite spectacularly um, but it's nothing really new obviously we've seen this going on for a while but it seems as though it has uh, sped up or been exasperated over the last five years maybe more where we've seen these people either failing publicly or or falling away, as uh, Josh Harris recently did with his, you know, book, uh, um, you know, "I Kissed Dating Goodbye," and and um, it's sent a little bit of a shockwave through Christian communities.
2: Oh, the, the, there's no doubt. And you say Josh Harris was—I uh, don't know his whole backstory, but I think he was. Uh, his dad was a big leader in the homeschool movement yep. in some of the early days. Uh, he then, you know, had a. Prominent position in a uh, denomination and a local church,
1: yep. pastor um,
2: as, as yep. a pastor, um, and you know had had high profile friendships uh, in you know conservative uh, theologically sound denominations. So, I, I think some of the some of the scandals have been twofold. Some of it moral. Uh, yep. In in the northwest suburbs, some some major churches that have had some senior yep. ministers that That's are right. no longer there, That's right. and then uh, Monty, what what you're referring to is the the other aspect of uh, just falling away. And it, you know what? And in all of these cases, it's troubling. Um, you know, we don't. I, I don't think. Obviously, we shouldn't take with glee or delight to see the downfall of people. Maybe we've had a disagreement with them on on some serious issues, but yeah. uh,
1: doctrine. It's, yeah. it's,
2: it's it is troubling uh, to see that. You know. It, it does go back to the warning of, of Scripture where the Apostle Paul said, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. That's Second Timothy 4.10. Hmm. Or the words of Jesus, because lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Yep, yep. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. That's Matthew 24.12 and, and 13. So not that this is the answer uh, or the solution, but Scripture da- has warned about this. And it's not new. It still is troubling. And uh, I don't know that we can always analyze the theological reasons for all of this. Except the Bible does warn that there are people who make a profession but turn away from the truth. And and John in First John two says they went out from us, but they were not of of us. us. That that shows there was you know this is the Apostle John who had been with Jesus, and yet there are people who are now denying the physical nature of Jesus coming into the flesh. <laughs> and this, the Apostle John says, I touched Jesus. I was with Jesus. I heard him. And people denying that. And that's not that many years after the time of Christ, right? Right. Uh, you know, we can date those books. Uh, is it 60, 70, 80, you know, whatever. It's not that long after. So it, it is is—it uh, is troubling. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've commented on before is we have elevated a lot of Christian leaders to celebrity. We certainly is, have. We certainly have. Is not a good thing. Uh, some of it's unavoidable. Uh, there were celebrity pastors in the third century, sure, <laughs> the sure. fourth century. Sure. Uh, you know, people who became famous for their ability uh, to, to to preach, and and so it's not just the Facebook, YouTube generation that's created it. Some of it's it's just natural. Humans, we we uh, delight in people who are good at what they do. And and sometimes that's that's just the Lord's gifting. It's not that they're they have an agenda to to you know try to win a bunch of Instagram followers. So uh, Charles Spurgeon yep. was a celebrity preacher.
1: Jonathan Edwards.
2: Jonathan Edwards. Uh, yeah, I mean Jonathan Edwards. I think he had a very small congregation. That was actually kicked out of his one of his congregations. But, but didn't know. he travel? Uh, oh yeah, no. I mean obviously his his influence through the Great Awakening, and, and obviously yeah. we know him very well today. You know maybe America's greatest theologian. Yep. Uh, but Charles Spur- Finney. Charles Finney, you know, Charles Spurgeon's sermons helped fuel, I think 80 ministries or so at his church. No kidding. Uh so celebrity is um you know, it's it's just a reality and it can be used for good or for bad. Mm. And yep. and ministers who do become famous, let's say, say Billy Graham, right, they bear a tremendous pressure and there is the desire we all want to be like that sadly i mean ministers uh you know julie roys did uh an interview about narcissism among pastors and, and maybe the statistics uh as she later commented were, were um, more than uh, what was initially reported but there are a lot of narcissistic <laughs> pastors i mean you know it, it's a it's a because sad, there's
1: a lot of narcissistic people out there, right and, and right. you know james so, says
2: we should not all want to be teachers right because there will be uh, a, a greater judgment some of uh, of what we see there is a perhaps a moral failing that leads to an intellectual failing and, and as I say I, I can't diagnose every single person but in some cases what we see is there is a moral failure that is at the core and then the intellectual failure follows from that mm. whether it's you know adultery or, or some other perversion um, I, I again I can't speak of all well, the, that the leads recent st- cases but Um, I I did have a pastor friend who who did—I think that was an interesting insight that he observed is there's often a moral failure that that comes before uh, some of these theological— Uh, grievous theological positions are made.
1: Well, that leads me into my next question about what we're seeing within the Southern Baptist Convention, where we have uh, social justice being promoted within, uh, and then we have in the PCA, we have uh, the Presbyterian Church of America, um, a debate on whether you can be a gay uh, elder, deacon, you know, official, uh, but celibate. If you can be gay and celibate and still be a church leader— um, Calvin, is, is God sifting his church?
2: I, I think we have to say, yes, judgment begins in the house of God, mm-hmm. as, as Peter says. Uh, just to go on that revoice movement, Yes, right. I think the first revoice conference was held in 2018, Right. they had another one in 2019, they have the date for uh, the 2020, and Rosario Butterfield, who has a wonderful testimony of yes, deliverance she does. Uh, yep. by God's grace. Um, she says that there's the side A, which is pro-gay all the way. The side B is what this revoice is trying to And this is articulate. the
1: PCA that's pushing this. Un-
2: unfortunately, it, it's, taken yes. a, it's taken a position within the PCA. Not all of it, but yep. it's, it's taken roost. And, and the side B is, as she states, believes that homosexuality is not a morally culpable issue, although it is a consequence of the brokenness from the fall. Side B teaches against homosexual practice but only for the sake of Christian tradition. Ooh that that starts getting getting scary. I'm now confused. just for
1: our listeners Rosaria Butterfield uh, set out she was a lesbian activist who set out to disprove the bible and in the process became a born-again christian is a homeschool mother married to a pastor today exactly, uh, so yeah. god sat back and laughed at rosaria's initial plans right. and uh, now she is out out um really being a light in, in a very dark culture
2: right so uh, Monty, were you, were you questioning that side B, side well, the, the A?
0: Side B, that's a little confusing. Yeah,
2: side B would say there are positive aspects of homosexual identity. My goodness. There are positive aspects that we should celebrate. And so, then the term sexual minority is, is now uh, a, a new idea um it's, it's
1: so where does take every thought captive to the glory of god come in here calvin
2: uh it's it's being undermined it I, is. I, I believe uh and i i can't lump every single person you know together but it, this is this is becoming a dangerous thing where identity now that's the that's the language i identify this way and, you know, Scripture says we are either in Adam, that's our identity, or we are in Christ.
1: That's it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, now, exactly.
2: We, when we go into Christ, we still bear some of the remnants of the fall and that fallenness. But now when when we take an identity and, and give it now a, a platform, I, th- I think that's a very dangerous thing. I, and- I would liken to this uh, – they they say there there are positive aspects of uh, the homosexual movement that you know they're creative they're artistic sure are yeah um, and that's like saying well it's good to, to be a thief because you have an appreciation for money you're good at counting money now <laughs> I mean would would we do that would would we would we celebrate that well we will someday I'm sure I, I, that, well that's yeah. where it's it's like this is we're we're we're, we're to the point of saying this sin now has a positive aspect. Well, uh, as my friend,
1: our friend, Peter LaBarbara from Americans for Truth would say, substitute homosexuality or or gay uh, with adulterer or a porn addict right so would they consider a porn addict who's celibate or an adulterer you know at heart uh you know as a leader within their denomination um or a pedophile
0: you know who doesn't act on his feelings
1: scripture says that an a, a leader has to be above reproach right and we can't foster sinful thoughts without demolishing them So they're not supposed to exist. We're not supposed to nurture them. We're supposed to demolish them according to scripture.
2: The, um, I I think that verse from 1 Corinthians 6, uh, let me read that passage. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. That's a pretty uh, pretty exhaustive list. That's right. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's what we celebrate. Such That's right. were some Amen. of you. Amen. And that that to me is is the confusing thing. The Lord, by his grace, redeems all sorts of of people. That's what we celebrate. And we're not Not, supposed
1: to hang on to it. Right. We're not supposed to celebrate it. That's in our past, and it's
2: under the blood of Jesus. Right. And and I do believe that the vast majority of of sound, theologically conservative churches would – someone that that does have a temptation to same-sex attraction would try to minister in a way that's honoring to the Lord – and not try to ostracize that person. Um, try to give them godly counsel to be looking to Christ. Um, so, so this idea that we have to now create some new territory, new language, sexual minorities, new and, tolerance, right? New tolerance and and exalt that. I, I think becomes a, a very, a very dangerous, dangerous precedence.
1: Totally agree. So. You know, we look at some of these things that are going on in our culture, within our churches, within our schools, um, it, it, it can be very easy to get discouraged, right, Calvin? Yeah, it is. I, I, I'll be the first one to say, you know, this last legislative session beat me down. Yeah. <laughs> But let me ask you, you know, sh- should Christians abandon the public square and bunker down? You know, I like to say, and I do this tongue-in-cheek, you know, give me a, a log cabin in somewhere in the North Woods, and uh, let me and my family go away. And I- I'd be perfectly happy not making interactions with the, you know, for a period that might be okay, right? But that's not what we're called to.
2: Right, yeah, and that's where we have to, you know, I think the first thing we abandon is prayer.
1: Ooh, ooh um, that's good.
2: And if if we're abandoning prayer, we're going to be all the more discouraged.
0: I, I think um, you're, you, I think we've abandoned prayer, but it's just not in the public school. It's in the home, right? Mm.
2: No, that that's right. So it, we we our weapons are not carnal; mm. they're spiritual. Mm-hmm. And and if we give up those spiritual weapons, we are going to feel all the more uh, defenseless. Just to add to your point, what what we are seeing today is that I think it makes it especially scary is. Very sound, conservative, biblical-believing denominations are under a greater assault on these things than it was before. In the 70s and the 80s, it was theological liberalism. And you could say, okay, there was that side and there was this side. Maybe a little bit easier to distinguish. Now, the side that won some of the battles, I want to say, in the Southern Baptist Denomination. There was a victory for those that's who right. believed the Bible. Right. Uh, there was at, at Southern Seminary. There were a lot of, I think, bad professors that were removed, yep. <laughs> not hired back, whatever. Uh, but now that same seminary, if I can just use one example, really I think some of those um, same forces, but in a different way, have now come in under social justice and uh, some of these other terms. So that's what, you know, the... the the people who we expected were totally on our side, and in some ways they still are. But the, it's it's becoming much more complicated, and organizations that were maybe teaching a lot of good stuff that you got to watch out. That's what I want to say. You got to watch out. The message that is being communicated, even from theologically conservative organizations and churches, um, if I can summarize it that way. So, so,
1: as a public policy organization, we certainly want to see Christians involved in the public square. We want them to be running for office, but we also want them very involved in their local churches, right?
2: Yeah, uh, with, without a doubt. I mean, that's. We, that, that's where the, there's, there's always going to be a burden when you're serving the Lord. Uh, the message the prophets were given, sometimes we're called oracles, but I, I like the translation burden because when you, when you know God's truth, there's a freedom, but there's also a burden because sure. now you can't be silent. You got to share that with because others. Because you
1: see everybody who are who's being deceived by the lies of Satan, right? Right? And you know the truth, or a big part of the truth, right? Because right. it's not all been revealed to us yet. But, but you, you grieve. There is yeah. a burden.
2: I agree with you, McKellen. So um, sometimes we we just want to get away from it all. You know, that's where you got to read read Second Corinthians.
1: <laughs> Second Corinthians recommended is, is
2: a good uh, if, if you are. Discouraged, meditate on that and and consider what Paul faced in in his ministry and the the idea that when you serve the Lord, everything is going to be happy and going to go smoothly. I I don't know if anybody says that, but if if you're thinking the more I serve the Lord, the easier it's going to be. No, <laughs> it's often not the case. now. we don't want to be adding to our own sins and follies on that. But
0: uh, well, you talked about uh, we talked about uh, some of these leaders who have fallen by the wayside you're a leader you haven't fallen by the wayside what are two or three things that you do to ensure that you don't
2: well i I would say it's by the grace of god go i i mean i I don't know that it's anything it it it, it's if we maintain ourselves in the truth it's the work of god in our lives um some of it is, I think, I was given a good foundation, absolutely, uh, and an understanding. You know that that's the blessing of a faithful parents, um, and and knowing the truth. Now, as I say, there there are high profile leaders who they were in a faithful family. They had the truth from the earliest days. Um, I, I don't know that it's any single single practice, except we we do have to use the the tools that God has given us, the the ministering work of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and prayer. And, and I know I, I don't, I, I'm not holding myself up as an example in any of those, but if, if there is any stability and preservation, it is through the Holy Spirit's work. And let, let's be honest, thankfully, there are still many faithful ministers. Uh, there, there are some troubling cases, but I would like to say, you know what, the, ma- the majority are still walking with the Lord <laughs> right. of, of, you know, of, of <clears throat> Christian leaders. Uh, we, we can't let some of these troubling examples think all is lost somehow right. um, yeah there's some sad cases but
1: but if we want to hear from God we need to be in his word right
2: without a doubt every day read it out loud if you want to hear it that's out loud. right <laughs> I,
1: I, I try to do that with my family every day Amen. and uh, we go through Old Testament New Testament Psalm and Proverb every day. Uh, no, I, I'd like to say we try to do it every day. Sometimes my busy schedule gets in the way, but um, we need to hear from God. We need to connect with Him, and we need to meditate on His Word throughout the day. Yeah. And that's going to help us, you know, uh, give us a lens t- in in which or, or through which we can see the rest of the world.
2: Right, and and if if we recognize, you know, Scripture is the standard. We don't worship the Bible, but Scripture is the standard. It's the God-breathed way that we have to use to try to interpret all the issues today. And I can say that that was drilled into me at at an early age, and I think we have to have that to maintain sanity in a confusing world. You have to have a fixed point of reference, uh, that North Star. And it is the Word of God, and it is the ministering work of the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the Word.
0: You preach the Word of God? at the Church of Christian Liberty. Where do you guys meet and what time are the services?
2: We have a a 10 o'clock Bible study uh, going through the book of Genesis currently, Uh, Genesis 15 this uh, coming Sunday, Um, and then our main service at 11 a.m. And uh, we meet in Arlington Heights, 502 West Euclid Avenue. That's in Arlington Heights. Right uh, off the
1: Northwest Highway. Not near too Northwest way from Highway
2: uh, and Euclid yep. across uh, the entrance to for our worship services is across from the park district on Euclid Avenue, uh, Euclid and Ridge. Uh, so that's the best entrance into our larger building. But we meet on the, the west side of, of our building on for our Sunday services. So, yeah, we, we welcome visitors. Come out for a uh, a Sunday service, we don't uh, pressure you to, to join us immediately, uh, we would love to have visitors. And
0: but after you your 20th for a, visit. You if you come <laughs> for, a,
2: for a visit, we would be happy to, to see you. Uh, I, I don't encourage church hopping, I, I, I don't at all encourage church hopping. I know there are, there are people who maybe they were part of uh, one of the, the larger churches where there's been some, some trouble recently. <clears throat> And and my encouragement find a find a faithful church. Don't uh, don't continue just to be in the wilderness. On and on if you want
1: own. a a pastor who is not afraid to address the cultural issues of the day, Pastor Calvin Lindstrom. You can tell that he sits on the board of Illinois Family Action. He addresses these issues uh, and has been very involved with his school and church in the pro life movement, being a witness trying to save innocent little babies.
0: I, I put Calvin the list of courageous pastors. That's right, that's right. And uh, we appreciate the work, the ministry of the Reverend Calvin Lindstrom, not only at his church, the Church of Christian Liberty, but also at Christian Liberty Academy. Once again, the website for Christian Liberty Academy.
2: Uh, the best website would be ChristianLiberty.com. See our uh, offerings for families, homeschooling, uh, books and materials, and our Christian Day School. So Christian Liberty.
1: And the phone number again is 847-359-2012. That's 847-359-2012.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Pastor Lindstrom, reminder, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet coming up November 1.
1: That's Get your tickets.
0: The, the big banquet for the Illinois Family and Reverend Institute. Franklin Graham. The Reverend Franklin I'm Graham, our keynote speaker. He will be giving a bold challenge for today. We need that. Amen. We need some encouragement. We need to know the problems, but we need to know the and we answers. we need to persevere. persevere. man. And he's going to help us do that. So uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, you need to give us a call at 708-781-9328. Go online at illinoisfamily.org. Click events and uh, all the info you need about uh, getting involved with the uh, Big banquet for the Illinois Family Institute uh, right there. Tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight, and until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.